welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. For those of you that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about, uh, and we give ourselves a week just to read and research all about it. What we then do is we share with our listeners what we feel are the more important pieces of information. And just so everybody knows, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings, but hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yes, exactly. So particularly with this week's one. Let's get on with it, shall we? This week, we are all learning about sumo wrestling. Hi, Right then, Ollie. Disclaimer alert before we start. Let's put this right at the very beginning. We're going <laughs> to use some what Japanese you're words today. We're going to use some Japanese words when we're explaining things. It, it, you know, we've been downloaded in Japan. We apologise if we butcher them. Uh, please let us know what they are supposed to sound like, but we'll give it a go. So, what did you know about sumo wrestling before this week, Ollie? I, my, I think my thoughts were that it was just a bunch of massive guys who don't seem to wear many clothes, pushing each other out of a ring. I think that was about it. I think that was all, all I knew about it, really, and it being from Japan. But yeah, how about yourself? No, exactly the same. Nothing. What, what, I know whatever. I, I, this is the point of this podcast. I probably knew what everybody knows. Yeah, just big, quite heavy, tempted to say fat, wrestlers, just stomping their feet and throwing salt up in the air. And then slamming into each other and pushing each other out of the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I did text you saying this is one of my favourite things that we've learned about in a long time. I really enjoyed reading about this. I don't, I don't <laughs> know why. It just it must have must have hit me right where it needed to. But I thought this was really really interesting this week. Super so, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Looking forward to to getting into it. So if we if we then sort of start on that note then about pretty much around the world sumo wrestlers are just known for their size and about what they wear in the ring yeah. and probably little else, but it's a completely different story in Japan, isn't it? Like in Japan, they're held in super high esteem. They're, they're looked on as professional athletes who compete in the country's national sport. And it's like steeped in honor and tradition for them. When all of these yeah. sumo wrestlers. Yeah, they think it's they have lost a lot of the history to time. Like, there's not actually a whole lot of knowledge about when it really, really began. You were saying it's about 1500 years ago, weren't you? And I thought it was just a little bit longer than that, what I'd read, but certainly maybe 2000 years ago, sort of time. It, it was a, a Shinto ritual, isn't it? Shinto, I think, is sort of the, the religion that they follow in Japan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, that's the um, the, the religion that's that's over there. And it's it's more of a religion which is centered around nature and how you then work as one um, with nature. And a lot of it was then to do with sort of the the gods or worshipping something called Kami, which is where you then yeah. worship spirits which then inhabit the natural world. So it's it's very much coming down to either animals or nature or landscapes or objects, and everything has kami or kami i reckon it's probably said kami and Maybe. It, it all started where it, it was this religious ritual to do with harvest 
Yeah, it was a ritual dance, wasn't it, by the most powerful men. They would display their strength in front of this kami, these gods or these spirits. They would do it as a sign of respect and gratitude to bring a good harvest. So I think they would sort of all stand there. So a lot of the actions that you see the wrestlers doing in the ring, it's all it originated as a dance. And then sort of as, it, as time moved on, it, it became more of a way to compare strength, didn't it? Yeah. And determine fighters who were, who were stronger or better with the samurai. So originally as well, it was worth pointing out, they weren't these big, massive guys where they because samurai were, were very like quick and muscular yes. or, you know, certainly not what they look like nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And we can maybe get onto that a little bit more later about, yeah, how, how that's changed over the years and their size. And then if we, if we fast forward, it was, I was getting the date of 1684 during the Edo period or Edo yeah. period where it then started to become more popular again and they used it when they're using it as a way of like funding the temples that they've got in Japan. Yeah, a bit like, uh, you know, imagine the church here. They send a plate round, don't they? Yeah. I, I don't go to church. But I know that's a thing. Yeah. So they would have these fights and this is yeah, 1684. So what we're talking 350 years ago or something like that. And yeah, they charge people to come and watch it, use the money to fund their shrines and their temples and the up, general upkeep. And Apparently, a former samurai called Ikazuchi Gondayu uh, created some rules around that time, around 1684. And those rules are still used today. They haven't really changed. And also the, the, the traditions and the way that they even come out, the way that they enter the ring, what they then do in terms of rituals before they then have their sumo wrestling fight, their match. Yeah. It's, it's all, yes, yeah, steeped in that history and, and has been done for hundreds of years. And also, the ritual tends to take longer than the match itself. I don't know if you've watched the Sumo match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the pre-match ritual lasts ages, and the match lasts, like, actual seconds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you want to go through some of the rituals then? So so, um, so we know where it comes from. It, it comes from this Shinto religion where they're just – it used to be a dance, and then it ended up becoming what it is now. Um, some of the things they do – so, um, yeah, one of the things is they they throw salt, don't they? Am I, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but shiomaki? Yes, that, I, I, yeah, I read that. That's the name of the act of throwing the salt. And, and they throw the salt because? So it's purifying the ring before they, they then get into it. So again, this whole coming back to the spirits and worshipping these godlike spirits it's to, it's a sign of yeah purifying it before the peasants who are the the sumo wrestlers then step into the ring and then sully it again um yeah, so yeah it's purification the purification purposes the salt itself is called kiyomi no shio cleansing salt nice um, i like that basically japanese today okay and then one of the other rituals they do is something called shikara mizu which is called strength water so you'll see they'll they'll drink some water they're not allowed to drink, they're not allowed to swallow it. They'll drink it and they'll spit it out. And interestingly, they're given the water by the wrestler that they last defeated. Yeah. So we'll get onto the tournaments in a minute, but these tournaments last over like two weeks. Um, but, you know, all the wrestlers stay there for the whole time. So, you know, if I were to beat you in a match and move on to the next match, you'd then feed me this Shikara Mizu strength water ready yeah. for my next bout. And then there's cool. there's other things. And it, this is in incredible, like, 
that we'll get onto in a bit again, just about the the sumo wrestlers, which I had no idea about about their their abilities. Just that they can do this foot stomping, don't they? And they they do a foot stomp where they'll be stood on one leg. Imagine that they're stood on their left leg. They raise their right leg super high in the air. They get it like to shoulder yeah. height. So these these are enormous yeah. guys. They get their leg their mm-hmm. foot to about shoulder height, and then they stomp their foot onto the floor. And that is to ward away evil spirits, isn't it? And that's got yeah. a Japanese name. Shiko. Yes. Yeah. And just talking about that, lots of them can do the splits as part of their training and stuff. If, you know, you can watch, I've watched some videos of them training and just sitting there doing the splits. And these guys, talking about size just very quickly, we haven't actually said, these guys are averaging 160 kilograms, which is 25 stone. Yeah, um, wow. You know, these are some big boys. Uh, and it is, in, it is boys, isn't it, as well? And we'll come on to that as well, but there's no no women allowed. No. Um, and also, they'll also do the thing where you'll see them when they put their hands up in the sky. I'm going to do it on the video, but it doesn't matter because no one can see it. You know, they put their hands up to the air. That's called Chirichozu, which is um, the act of, it's basically showing that they have no weapons in their hand and that they're going to have a fair fight. Yeah. And so, I mean, lots lot of uh, loads of loads of tradition. One of the tradition that we that we started off by saying was around just what they wear as well. And you'll know that like people will think it looks like they're almost wearing like a, a loincloth or a, a nappy or a diaper, whatever you want to call it. And that is that is known as a moashi. And this this moashi is a it's like a super strong belt. It's made of like toughened fabric because what they can then use, they can then use that to grip onto their opponent um, when they're then wrestling them. But the, the reason why they wear so little clothes, again, going back to traditions and as Liam was just saying about putting their hands up to the sky to worship the gods, if they're wearing so little clothes, it means that it's impossible for them to be cheating. They're not concealing anything. And it will just be down to a contest of brute strength. Yep. Similar, you know, the only other thing they wear is a top knot, don't they? So oh, yes. Their hair. Their hair is considered a sacred part of their body, uh, much like samurai warriors in the old days. If you picture a samurai, they've got a very similar hairstyle, don't they? Long, dark hair. Um, yeah, and they're just, they're expected to grow their hair out as part of that tradition, I guess. Yeah. So... We know their ritual, we know what they're wearing, and then they get into the ring. So the oh. ring itself. So in, in terms of when they when they get into the ring, it, these rituals, as you said earlier, these can take a long time. And yeah. this takes way longer than the actual matches that they then get onto. And they, they sort of use all of these foot stomping and um, some of these other acts before when they crouch down just before they're about to to start the match to like outside each other and so when you if you ever go and watch one it can take a long time for them to actually get going and then it's a, a very quick quick match it's over and done with pretty quickly yeah so they so they get into the ring do you want to have a stab at saying what the ring's called a dojo dojo yeah, is it is it dojo? You know, like where you train, it's called a dojo. I know that's a thing. Is that is that come from the name of the ring? I don't know. D o h y o. I mean, that's just our spelling, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know if that's how you would say it. But anyway, I digress. They have a ring. Uh, the ring has a diameter, so side right across the ring, about four and a half meters, fifteen feet. Yep. 
and they're raised off the floor, aren't they? They want they want to plat the, the ring itself is then on a platform. Yeah, and they've they've got it two and a half feet off the ground. It's all quite precise. It's mainly made of clay. Is there anything else in it? Clay and hay bales. Clay and hay red. bales. That's how they make it. So about two and a half foot off the off the ground. And then what they then do is they then have a canopy above it. I don't know if people have ever noticed it, but once I'd read this, this, this makes complete sense. So this canopy that they've got looks like the, the top of a temple. So it like, looks like the top of yeah. an ancient Japanese temple, yeah. um, which is above them, which yeah makes sense. Yeah. And the only other thing is they've got this ring. There, there are two lines in the ring. They're called Shikiri lines. They're about 70 centimetres apart. And that's like their starting lines, if you like. So, that, so there'd be two lines on the floor. Me and you would stand. We'd be 70 centimetres apart from each other. That's like get into position, ready to go. Um, yeah, and, and they're in the ring. Um, that, so that is it then. So they they are in position, ready to go. This is this is yeah, it. So what's the rules then? Rules are dead easy. It turns out, well, you know, what are the rules of sumo? It turns out, I reckon, I reckon most people could guess. There are two ways of essentially two ways of winning a sumo wrestling match, aren't there? And they yeah. are. So you either force your opponent out of the ring. Or yep. you force them to the floor. So you you either get them to land on their elbow, their knee, or their back are the uh, other things. So yeah, so it's super simple. You've got these two massive guys. They're then trying to either push each other out of this ring, which has got a, a rope around it. That's how it's, um, you know, the per- perimeter, perimeter of it. Or you're trying circumference, to... Circumference, Ollie. Circumference, circle is a circumference. Okay. Uh, and then I mean perimeter is essentially the same thing, but let's just let's be right, okay? <laughs> Listeners, you see I'm correcting all there. It's just a conference. That's your maths teacher and us coming through. Yeah, there you and go. And then uh, and then yeah, you either trip them or throw them to the ground so another part of their body apart from their feet touches the floor. But you're not allowed to do certain things, are you? For example, eye gouging. <laughs> <laughs> Eye gouging, hair pulling, hitting with closed fists. So apparently, you are allowed to slap them. Yeah, um, you're, you're not allowed to grab the crotch of your area of your opponent's mawashi, the loincloth. Interestingly, though, did you know you can lose you can lose a match if your loincloth mawashi falls off? <laughs> yeah, and people people have lost. People do lose that way if they, if they've not secured it and put it on properly in the first yeah. place. And I said it was but, toughened fabric, but yeah, you you will lose. You will lose if your, your mawashi comes off. I'd read, though, that is a relatively new rule only since Japan has got a bit more westernized. Yeah. So since we as Westerners have like frowned upon people walking around naked, that rule has sort of come into play. I don't think that was around in 1684. <laughs> I think that's a relatively new one. Um, there are So sumo recognizes there are 82 ways to win a sumo match, apparently. They're called kimaraiti. Kimarite? Again. Don't know that one. Um, nearly all victories are achieved by a dozen or so ways. So, do you want me to reel off a couple of ways you can win a re- win a sumo bout officially? Yeah, go on. Obviously, we know, we know it's get them out of the ring or get them to the floor, but they are. So, what have we got? We've got. Let's go with a an okuri dashi, which is a rear push out. So you get behind them and push them out of the ring. You've got the yori kiri, which is the front force out. You've got a tsuri dashi, which is a lift out. Um, Otsuki, which is an arm clamp down. 
<laughs> I don't know, but there's lots. There are 12 main ways people tend to win. Yeah, these are just ways that you win. And you were telling me, actually, when I, when I said that to you about the referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the referee then has to know that the referee, they, they have to work their way up through the ranks to become top referees. And they will then call the fight at the end. So there's no draws ever in sumo wrestling. You either win or lose. The referee yeah. will announce the winner and, and announce by how they've won. One of those 80 ways yeah. that, that Liam has said. But it could be um, if somebody's done something illegal, then they will then call out there's been an illegal technique and it, that's called a, a kinjite. So, but um, yeah, they're obviously not allowed to do anything that's um, and you can it's illegal. You can have false starts, can't you, as well? Because obviously they're both they're both standing behind these these lines, getting ready to start. Uh, but some, you know, the ref will say go, but you can have false starts where so the, where one will go. It's called a matter. Is it so the way start? that way that the match starts, and just coming back to there's there's so much like before it actually kicks off. There's so much um, psyching out of the opponents. They crouch down low. They they get into a squat position. And even holding that position is, is quite a hard thing to do. And especially for the size of them. And the way that the match starts is it's when both wrestlers put both fists on the line. So they're both fists okay. and they're touching the floor. And then that's when they go. But you'll see quite often when you're watching the videos or just the tactics about it, is one of them will go down, they'll crouch down, get ready in the starting position, they'll put one, one fist on the ground, the other one will then go to crouch down and then walk off. And then they'll, yeah. go, they'll then go and wipe their face with the, with the, um, the, wipe themselves down and then get themselves ready again. And there's so much of this back and forth before they then actually go. And that initial contact is massive. Like these guys are enormous. Yeah. And the way they then smash into each other, I'd really yeah. suggest like, Someone, if you're listening, just go and give it a quick Google and just see a few of these fights because it you get really into it quite quickly. Yeah, well, because they're so short and sharp, it doesn't you know you don't feel like you need to know a lot about it. It's go yeah. right, left and right. Interestingly, they're um, east and west, aren't they? And uh, they come in from the east or the west side every single time they fight when they're when they're ranked. Um, we'll talk about that shortly, though. So, wait. So where 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 are these matches going to take place then? I think that that was next on my list. Like, how often do they do they fight? Is it turns out it isn't all the time, is it? It's not no, like football where they they do it every every weekend. No, no, no. no. It, weirdly though, this was more often than what I thought it would be. So I okay. So yeah, reading that the the major tournaments, which are called Hon Basho, or they're called Bashos for short, they occur six times a year, and they happen in the odd months of the year. And then there's, again, coming back to a tradition that they have with it, these hombashos that they have, these tournaments, they last 15 days. They span the middle two weeks of the odd month of the yeah. year. And they start yeah. on a Sunday and then end on a Sunday two weeks later. Um, so, yeah, they, you always know sort of when they're going to happen. But they, they move around Japan, don't they? Yeah. So the first one in January is always Tokyo. Then you've got one in March in Osaka, May back in Tokyo. July, Nagoya, Tokyo, uh, there's one in September, and then there's one in Fukuoka. I don't know how you say that one, uh, in November. They, um, so it's they, all the tried, they did do one in the Royal Albert Hall in London. Okay. Um, this is going back like 18 years, <clears throat> uh, maybe 20 years. And there was, um, yeah, there was outrage and 
the Japanese nationals didn't like it, that it was like selling out and that we couldn't upkeep with the traditions of the sport yeah, um, by sense. having it over here. But they were this when they were trying to expand the sport, they then tried to help hold it out of Japan, but it didn't go down and very well. So the tournaments are 15 days. The wrestlers will wrestle on every day of those 15 days. Um, so they, they will have 15 fights, if you like, over a 15 day period. And then they, they receive like a, um, like they have a record or a score over those 15 days. So you fought 15 times, but you've won 10 of them, which means you've lost five because you can't draw. Um, those scores that you get then rank you, don't they? And they move you up and down these divisions that they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's essentially what it is. You turn up to a tournament, you, you get a you, you get a record of whatever, 10 and five, and then you turn up to the next one, you've got another record of nine wins, six losses and so on. And, and these scores add up to a point where, the judges, um, the sumo association will move you up and down. Yeah, accordingly. yeah, that's effectively. So, right? yeah, so professional sumo wrestling's made up of about five hundred and fifty sumo wrestlers, and that's split yeah. between six divisions. Um, we haven't really mentioned this actually. There is sumo wrestling is almost like the Western name for it as well, isn't there? They have got a, a proper Japanese term for sumo wrestlers yeah they're called rikishis yeah rikishis that's a bit poor on our front to not start with that i don't think but yeah they're called a rikishi um and it, uh, did you but, know what rikishi means it means gentleman with strength oh oh i'm one of those <laughs> <laughs> so there are six divisions okay essentially they move up and down them based on their results if they get something called a Kashi Koshi, did you read that? Which is a winning record. So what that means is of your 15 fights, you've won more than you've lost. Yep. That will normally get you moving up and down, uh, up or down. Obviously, a winning one tends to move you up. So you've got six divisions. Only two of them are considered professional. So do you want to just reel off the bottom four? Do you want to try and uh, say them? So you've got the Jonakuchi. You've yep. got the Jonadan. Yes, yeah. Sandan May and the yeah. Makushita. Yeah, so those four divisions, they're essentially your bottom four divisions. Um, you are not professionals if you're in that. There's different numbers of, of wrestlers in each of them, um, ranging from like 120, 200, 260. Um, but yeah, the very start is the John Okuchi. You start at the John Okuchi division and you've just got to win a couple of fights to move up generally. So we've had those. We then get into our top two divisions. The professionals. If you're a professional, you're considered a sekitori. That's the name for if you you end up as a professional sumo wrestler. So division two, if you like. If you're thinking about the football in England, you'd be in the championship, the level yep. below the Premier League, wouldn't you? Uh, I know obviously we've got listeners all over the place, and so I don't know what you're talking about. So this will be the second division. This is called the Jurio. Ju- I don't know how you say that. J-U-R-Y-O. Yeah. Juro. Jurio. Then we've got our our, net, our top level, which would be our Premier League. This is the, the best you can be. It's called the Makuchi. Makunuchi. Yeah, Makuchi. Makuchi. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your Premier League. This is your this is your top division. Okay. Now, just to confuse matters, within that very top league, you've got internal rankings don't you depending on like really ranking the actual best of the best yep that's right so our our top league um there are 42 wrestlers in this league at the very top 
and you've got your normal ones, but then you've got at the should we should we start at the top or should we start at the ones below the top? I think people will know the top one, so just go to the ones below it. Okay, so the ones below it, you've got your Mega Shearer, and then in fourth place, like the fourth highest ranking is a Komasubi. Your third highest ranking is called a Sekiwake. Yeah. And your second highest ranking is called an Ozeki. Now, it's in just quickly, there can be more than one of those. You you get that rank depending on your win-loss record over a bunch of tournaments. So, for example, an Ozeki will typically have won 33 out of 45 matches over three tournaments. So if they have three tournaments in three of the six tournaments in the year, three in a row, they'll have won 11 times, for example, and they'll have got 33 wins. That's yep. enough to get them into second, the second ranking. Um, third, getting to third place, you typically would have won about 30, something like that. But the very best of the best, the top level sumo wrestler. Does anybody know it? Do we reckon? Should we give it a pause? I think I think this is a, a word that once it's said, people go, ah, yeah, yeah, I reckon, I reckon that's something which I, I could have figured out. So that the highest level of sumo wrestlers that they're all aiming to achieve to be the best of the best is that they can then be called a Yokozuna or grand yeah, champion. Yeah, the Yokozuna is your the grand champion. Um, to be a Yokozuna, though, there isn't always a Yokozuna. That's important to point out. There's not always somebody at the very top because to get there, you have to have won two tournaments in a row, don't you? Yes. Yeah, the, the chances of doing that are against you just given the the yeah. way that you know all these rankings and to put it into some context out of all of um sumo wrestling in the whole time of sumo wrestling there's only ever been 72 rikishi crowned as yokozunas which is That's incredible nuts. yeah so they've got to win two tournaments in a row and then typically like keep performing but yeah that's it's crazy like how can there have only been seven that only happened 72 times um they've, they've basically got to continually win a, over a continued amount of time to stay up there and and generally speaking if they if they stop winning um or get injured they will be asked to resign yeah and it's to put that into some other sort of context that only 72 ever the odds of that are about a one in every thousand rikishi will ever then become a a yokozuna so yeah but once you do do it like you're you're on the gravy train then that's the that's the holy grail that you've been trying to get to you're massively respected by everyone and you then get a whole load of other tradition and rituals that you then do so there's a there's a thing where when the the sumo wrestlers walk out to the ring at the beginning they're all dressed in certain um, certain clothing and the Yokozunas, they come out wearing this massive white rope that's tied around them. So you could always identify if somebody is actually a Yokozuna or not. Yeah. And obviously, you know, with that comes money and fame because it's it's more popular. Lots of so these other divisions we were talking about, there's not many sumo make a lot of money doing this. You have to be right up in those pro ranks. There are there are literally hundreds of other sumo wrestlers in these lower divisions. Yep. aren't really earning much and they're just they're training and they're trying to get up aren't they but if you think when we when we did our boxing episode going a little way yeah. back how how the prize money is you know massively um unequal in boxing it's sort of similar again within sumo wrestling so i was having a little look 
And so these are for, for a Yokozuna, someone who's made it to the very, very top of the, the, the rankings. There's only ever been 72 of them. They can get a monthly salary of about 3 million yen, which is about $26,000, $26,000 US dollars. Okay. They well, then get other prize money. So just for, for turning up and being part of it, they're probably looking at getting about a 5,000 for every tournament they then attend. And then for betting, get for winning a tournament, you get about $87,000, about 10 million yen. So, you know, it's, it's big money, but compared to other sports, you know, if you're thinking about footballers yeah. or boxers or whatever it might be, but it's still, you know, it's still massive amounts of money for being, being the best of the best. And so, like how do they get there like what do they do training wise i thought that was quite interesting to read about did you read about them joining stables like life as a sumo they've got to pick a pick a stable and stay there it this for me was the one of the most incredible parts about it that along with the tradition that i keep on going on about is that it's a lifestyle so you sort of choose yeah. where you get invited when you're 15 or 16 years old that you can then join a sumo wrestling stable which is basically a like it's like a frat house almost like in american terminology or just a, yeah. a group train together don't they guys who live and train together but there's so many rules when you're there you're not allowed to leave it um and when you were saying earlier about the lowest rank of sumo wrestling that jonakuchi that's where all of these 15 16 year olds start and you imagine then you're when you're 15, 16, you have a certain size. You're not going to be the same size as a, a sumo mm -hmm. wrestler who's 30 years old. So what happens is you join this stable, you then do your training, you live with people and you then get better and better. You put on the weight, you move up the rankings. But we, we didn't actually say within sumo wrestling, there's no weight divisions, is there? So it's, no. all, it's all just based on um, how how good you are at getting people out of the ring and yeah it's more so obviously there's some advantages of being super heavy it's harder for people to push you out but you then also have to have this incredible strength they do have in a they, they have really strong core strength don't they and super mm -hmm. flexible as you were saying earlier like being able to do the splits and stuff yeah and then like day to day this ranking will will affect like within the stable where they live. It's called a sumo. It's called a bayer. A sumo bayer is their stable. Um, they they choose a stable, and yeah, it's essentially like a group of a group who all train together like a team almost. But the lower ranking members of that stable do all the cooking and all the cleaning, and they have to get up earlier to train. Then the the higher ranking rikishi, the sumos wake up, and uh, then they provide them dinner and stuff. They they tend to eat something called chanko nabe which is yes. a, a high-calorie stew dish that they make. But I read they wash it down. They drink loads of beers. I read that three times. Like, what it, they, go on. I can say, because it's so calorific. So we know we know there's loads of calories in beer. So yeah, they, they have this yeah, chanko nabe, which is like a rice and meat and vegetable stew, but there's loads of fat in it as well to like help you put on the weight. And then they wash down. Like they can easily be having five or six pints um, at lunchtime which is, wow. is nuts. So their, their lifestyle is they, they get up and they do their training on an empty stomach, apparently, and then they have a massive lunch and a massive dinner um, and a lot of sake and beer. 
but they live less don't they because of their diet and because of the alcohol and because they're big guys anyway they only live to about 65 they're like 10 or 15 years younger um, sooner than like the japanese national average age or something yeah it's crazy yeah like you're choosing to do this and but you can see around you people are dying <laughs> Pretty good. Well, but it's it's even coming back to this whole lifestyle thing it's when they uh, are allowed out of the stable that they have to wear certain clothing so they get told what they can wear and they're they're expected to be really humble and they're they're given the robes that they have to wear they still have to have their hair in a top knot and they carry on with the traditional ways and you know being a, a, a nice person a polite person there's all sorts of, of things that go along with it oh that's one some, something that I meant to say earlier about the rules and when they win have you seen that whenever somebody wins a match they then both go back to the starting points and then they bow. Like you never show any sign of yeah. like fist bumping yeah. or like getting overexcited. And if you lose, you get up straight away. You walk back to the starting points and out of a sign of respect, you nod to each other. So yeah, there's, you know, that the whole thing about how they live and act in the ring then carries on when they're outside in the real world. They're not allowed to drive either, are they? There's no driving allowed by sumos. <laughs> no, That's no, they're not. Way. No oh, driving. Well, that was going to be my takeaway, but they're not allowed to drive. One of the one of the reasons why is because because they are so massive. Sometimes they do find it actually physically difficult to do, and it it, it turned out that there was a crash that happened. A sumo wrestler had a crash um, a few years back, and so the Japanese Sumo Association then dictated and and. A, to all of their wrestlers saying you will not drive and so none of them are allowed to drive now so it is quite often that you might well see a sumo dressed in their robes on the underground or on a train or something yeah 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 um there are a couple of controversial things around sumo though isn't there that i think we should probably mention that i just just very quickly one of which being women aren't allowed to do sumo are they? no it's a no woman allowed Definitely a, a, a man's sport. You've got some amateur sumo wrestling groups who are trying to make it a thing, but it's it's not getting anywhere in terms of anywhere no. near a professional status. No, I um I'd read a story about um there was a mayor who had collapsed at a sumo event and two female nurses rushed to his aid and then they both got a bit of a rollicking because they weren't supposed to. Uh, I think they must have got up on into the into the ring or something. Um, but yeah, so females not allowed to. Um, it was another one. Another on that. Did, is, you, did you see that there was there was another governor, the governor of Osaka, Fusea Ohata, and she was the governor from two thousand to two thousand and eight. And what normally happens is the governor, like the the mayor, they they present the prizes at the end of a grand tournament, and it's normally done in the ring. But it's okay. a bit tricky to do when the governor is <laughs> a female. A so what, what they ended up doing is they had all of the, the ceremony at the end of the prize giving, but then actually gave the prize outside of the ring, just so that she wouldn't then step into the ring. And wow. they carried on doing that until she stepped down from office and then they went back to doing it as they always did. Yeah, that's grim. Um, another one is concussion. Apparently there's not a massive amount of consideration for concussion oh really in, um, okay wrestling, which you know obviously it's a bit of a big deal now in football and nfl and things like that 
Um, and th there was also an issue with hazing. We were talking about the stables earlier and this like internal ranking system and having all of these, you know, younger, less experienced sumo doing all your things for you sort of creates this sort of environment where bullying and hazing happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. not ideal. And tell me if you read this, right? Sumos are so big, right? So when they go to the toilet, I'm talking number two toilet. They can't sort themselves out, can they? I know what you're doing. <laughs> so so they have to get the younger ones. No, the, the, not the young. Well, yeah, the lowest, the lower ranked members of the stable to sort them out as if they're a baby. <laughs> so I read somewhere that just because you get bigger and bigger in terms of body mass, it doesn't mean that your arms get longer and longer. <laughs> so <I'll reach> <laughs> you, can't, you can't reach to do what you need to do. So um, yeah, that, that was one of the things. But yeah, there's it's quite bad, some of the hazing that goes on and forcing the, the younger um, people working up the ranks to then, yeah, sort of like just do everything that the beck and call of the the older people but then i think it then it then just passes down it would almost be once you've gone through it yourself you will then be wanting to get your own back on the next generation won't you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it'll yeah. just be a, like a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy type thing yeah okay well i reckon i've ticked everything off our list ollie i think we've just about covered sumo wrestling unless you've got something else to say i've got a nice short takeaway you want me to hit you with it yes please Okay, short one. We said earlier about the um the Japanese symbol. Um, yeah, the Japanese symbols when written, they mean to strike each other, right? Well, do you know what the do you know what sumo is in Chinese in Chinese symbols? No. It means mutual bruising. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite funny. That is it. That's what it was. That's what I was saying. In, the Chinese characters for sumo mean mutual bruising. That's a bit of a funny one. So, I thought that was just, you know, just a little nugget. Let me you, let me got? tell you. So my my two guys, one topic takeaway for you. So we've already let you know that there's there's no weight limit, so you can be as as heavy as you like when um, when fighting, but there is a a weight minimum weight and also a, a minimum height that you then need to be to get into sumo yep. wrestling. So you need to be 167 centimeters tall. But what happened was it was back in 1994 that the, the sumo association, they had to ban sumo wrestlers having silicon implants put into their head <laughs> to make them taller. So there was some, <laughs> There was someone called Koji yeah. Haradara. He had a box-shaped head, <laughs> which had a large hairy lump coming out the top of it, and it made him six inches taller <laughs> so that he could then get past the 167-centimetre limit to allow him to be a, a sumo wrestler. So, yeah, the Sumo Association had to ban head implants. <laughs> That's funny. So just for the record, I've just googled. I've just googled that picture. <laughs> it's well funny. We've got to put that on our Instagram account. Okay. So Liam, so funny. This picture's hilarious. You've got to see this picture. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, I'm pleased you like my my two guys. One topic oh. takeaway there. Right. Nice. Anyway, so Liam, I know you said at the beginning that you 
really enjoyed getting into this. So from going from us, knowing that it's just some two massive guys, not wearing much clothes, pushing each other outside of the ring. If somebody were to ask you about it now, what else could you say? Yeah, everything. Rankings, tournaments every other month. I like that. I, um, I like, uh, you know, learning that, that you've got your professional parts and your unprofessional parts. Um, the stable, like you said, the lifestyle of being a sumo wrestler, the fact that it's just all encompassing and you just live it. You live, sleep, eat, practice all the yeah. time. Um, yeah. Just how, how linked it is to tradition. Like every part of it has got something to do with some Shinto ritual from the past. Um, yeah, I could certainly talk about this for a little bit. No problems. Brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it this week. And I hope that everybody listening feels the same way as well. If you have any questions or you want to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. It's so good hearing or getting the messages that, that come through from you. The way you get in contact is at two guys, one topic. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. If you're so inclined, we'd love it if you could leave a review on either Apple Podcasts or a quick five star on Spotify. Super appreciated. We will be back on next Tuesday with another topic for you. We look forward to speaking with you then. Get out there and share some sumo wrestling knowledge. <laughs>